Hello and welcome to the Moncast. A podcast where we watch Pokemon and Digimon in tandem and discuss the similarities and differences that they share. My name just so happens to be Sam. And my name just so happens to be Stevie. And the score currently stands at 1614 to Pokemon. And this time we're watching episode 31, Dig Those Diglet and the 8th Digivice. episode we're watching this time is Dig Those Diglet. Our heroes are wandering through a forest when they feel an earthquake happen. Rushing to find the source, they find a convoy of trucks who are bringing supplies to a new dam being constructed. Suddenly, all the trucks fall into pitfalls on top of each other, and after talking to a member of the construction crew, they learn that the entire area is plagued by tiny mole Pokemon called Diglet. The construction member is offering a reward to anyone able to remove the Diglet so that they can continue construction. A group of Pokemon trainers and also Gary Oak appear to take on the challenge, only to have their Pokemon refuse to leave their Pokeballs. Meanwhile, Team Rocket attempt to try and get their Pokemon to evolve, but learn that they don't have enough XP to do so and start crying, which triggers evolution through the power of friendship, I guess? That evening, the gang discover Diglett and Dugtrio planting saplings to help the forest grow, and learn that this is why none of their Pokemon wanted to fight. The construction worker also decides to tell the kids that they would also have to flood the entire forest for the dam to work, because dams need water, and for some reason, couldn't build a dam at a water source, but instead had to do it in the middle of a forest. Team Rocket attack and are quickly disposed of, despite their evolutions, and the gang move on to do something else that hopefully doesn't involve destroying an entire ecosystem. So much there for so little of the plot. You may have gone into too much detail, but it's fine. So it starts with the narrator saying that it's been several months since Ash left. So now we have a time frame, which is several months. So that could be anything from three onwards. And they are somewhere in the mountains. They are lost in the forest again, which seems to be a thing that they do a lot. So you can guarantee it's going to be filler. Actually, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Whenever they're lost or doing something like that, they just so happen to wander into the the plot of the day we are caught somewhere in the filler i feel like if they got lost that much maybe give someone else the map because brock kind of seems to be bad at, at reading maps and then also team rocket are there and then jesse's eating what looks like a curry but she's having did she say she's having chinese food or something it's some nice food it looks nice, whatever it is. And James is having tea, and Meowth is doing sit-ups, because that's a thing that Meowth wants to do. And then there's an earthquake, and then the gang find trucks all piled up. And I, I've got that they're a very tame truck pile-up, because none of the trucks are damaged, they're just on top of each other. Surely they would be somewhat destroyed if there's a truck on top of a truck, with another truck on top. But no, it's it's quite it's quite sensible and quite clean. It, clearly no one's died in this little pile-up. They've been very carefully placed on top of one another. And then we meet the Diglett, and the Diglett are just so adorable. They are pretty cute, definitely. They've got this cute little Diglett voice. Diglett! And it's cute, and I love it. And Diglets are just hot dogs with faces. That can move at the speed of light. We haven't got there yet. It's true, though. So this construction guy, do we even learn his name at any point? Nope. Okay, he has got the most generic European accent ever. Nameless Builder. So Nameless Builder is there, and then he decides to tell the kids that he's got vouchers for a week's stay at, at this new place or something. Some resort. And he's offering them to any Pokemon trainers that can clear out these Diglett. That can wipe out the Diglett. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I think we've seen this plot before. Have we? Someone's been offered stays in a hotel for defeating an entire species of Pokemon. I just remembered Tentacool and Tentacruel. Yep. And clearly, Ash and the gang haven't learned from that mistake, where that entire city got wiped out. But no, it's fine. It's fine. We can do it this time. It's fine. They're they're not jellyfish this time. They're tiny little mole people. That just makes this filler so much worse. But they just don't learn from their mistakes. It's exactly the same thing. So yeah, Gary Oak from the town of Pallet appears. For some reason, when he says, oh, it's Ash from Pallet, it's like he's insulting Pallet. But when he says, I am Gary from Pallet, it's like, He's complimenting Pallet. Does he like or dislike Pallet? Mixed signals. I can't tell if he likes his hometown or not. Also, he says that he's going to step up to the plate and hit a Grand Slam. I'm like, is that a baseball term? I'm pretty certain a Grand Slam is tennis. I mean, I'm not very good at sport ball, apart from rugby and hockey. But apart from that, like, I, I don't know what the other sports are. It doesn't matter. It's a joke. And then, obviously, we learn about the whole, if they defeat the Diglett, they get given all this stuff as a reward. And I feel like this is exactly the sort of job that Team Rocket should do, because it's morally questionable and... It seems like a sort of thing that they could probably get away with doing quite easily because they've seemed to be quite successful at side businesses. But instead, they want to go and cry and, and, and evolve their Pokemon using the ritual of induced evolution or something like that. Some fancy words. It was weird, whatever it was, and it was it was completely out of the blue. I think it's just they're trying to evolve the Pokemon. Did you know that Gary doesn't dig those Diglets? Yes. They mention it a lot. Gary doesn't dig those Diglets. We're supposed to dig those Diglets. I dig those Diglets. We definitely dig those Diglets. We definitely dig those Diglets. So Gary is sending out his Pokemon to fight the Diglet, and they don't come out the Pokeballs, and I thought that was kind of funny. And then we see the construction worker with a hammer trying to hit the Diglet and they're all hiding and then Gary says that Diglett move at the speed of light apparently and I'm pretty sure they don't move that fast there'd be a sonic boom at least every time they popped into the hole they'd be able to travel in time you wouldn't see them move they'd be there then they wouldn't be it's ridiculous the Pokedex just exaggerates everything Oh, no, 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 that was Gary who said that. Where do you think he got his info from? His grandpa. Well, who do you think makes the Pokédex? So, yeah, there's the guy, and he's determined to kill the Diglett, but he's not succeeding at all. Instead of, I don't know, they could have flooded the holes or something, or used poison, I'm pretty sure poison exists. I think flooding would be the best method, since he's going to need water anyway for this dam to be useful at all. There's no water anywhere near this dam that they're building. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about it, but they were just like, Yep, it's a it's a dam. We're building a dam. But we don't learn that until shortly after this. But first, we have to have Team Rocket's Pokemon evolve. I've heard of Pokemon evolving because the happiness is high enough, but not because the sadness is high enough. Well, Jessie says that Pokemon need a certain number of XP points, which is a little bit meta. But then she's like, but apparently when Pokemon evolve, they evolve into new Pokemon. It's like, well, yeah, that's how it works but it's a new concept to jesse but then using the power of friendship and tears their pokemon evolve which i thought was wonderful they evolved for them so then i forget how they get to it but the gang basically find out about diglett and dugtrio diglett dig diglett dig trio 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 and it's so annoying it's the chancy all over again it keeps happening like longer than you'd think it would and then the guy just straight up tells them that they need to flood the place to build the dam i'm like well just build it by a water source and they've not exactly built it against a mountain or something it's just in the middle of a forest but they're gonna build a dam and then destroy this entire ecosystem i'm like well yeah i get i get why it's bad now 
but you didn't decide to lead with we're going to flood this entire place and and ruin all these homes for all these pokemon but that's fine we're gonna build a dam dams are good for the ecosystem no especially if you're not leaving the ecosystem as it is you're you're literally wiping it out it's plot holy yes it's the diglet they've dug too many holes in this plot it's just the same plot again from previous episodes with a new skin yes it is basically this episode is really dumb we're not finished yet might as well be finished we're at the end where the builder learns his lesson he sees happy diglets and dugtrio now we're at arbok and wheezing are there and then they're fighting and then they go underground and then they're beaten so easily it's like oh so they evolved for like no reason and then the narrator at the end as ash and co go off to i don't know destroy an ecosystem the narrator says that when you do a little digging you can find something good wherever you look and i'm like that doesn't really work for an analogy because if you dig somewhere like i don't know a graveyard or a volcano you know you're gonna find something interesting certainly certainly illegal the moral of the story is pokemon is bad the moral of the story is go grave robbing find yourself something good find some corpses possessions and take them for yourself yeah that's what you're gonna do that's what i learned from this episode if i'm taking one thing away from this episode it's that we should all go grave robbing and find the good things that have been left with the people who have passed so let's talk about the random things i've not mentioned so far i love the diglets and how nonchalant they are about just destroying everything they're just like diglet diglet and then they sink a truck into the ground to be fair they are kind of just doing their own thing they're just wandering and there's going to be pitfalls because they're digging underneath but then they all turn up to see what's going on because there's a huge commotion in their forest and then the guy is trying to kill them i understand their point of view of just where they're just there trying to have a good time and this guy's there trying to hit them with a hammer they're just adorable and it's amazing when they just make a beeline straight for a truck i think what's really cute is when the trainers are throwing their pokeballs at them to uh send their pokemon out and diglett is picking at the pokeballs and I'm like here here you, you drop this and i'm like oh no stop being cute diglett are the best and the ground types as well this is like the second episode we have about ground types or well, the third if you count cubone cubone's turned up twice no i in like the focal point of the episode we've got cubone and sandshrew two ground types this time we've had Diglett. And the Diglett were good. They're the only good thing about this episode. Well, they are my favourite thing because they're literally doing their thing. They sound adorable and they are little earth hot dogs. Even Team Rocket this episode wasn't as good as usual. Yeah, they didn't really do anything apart from cry on their Pokemon then they evolved. Near the end, they did make a few fourth wall breaking comments. They said that this is the first time that Arbok and Weezing have been seen on TV. And the motto just got interrupted by Meowth going, they know the rest anything else i've got more things mostly bad things it's the second episode in a row where it's just been about don't destroy the environment kids because that makes you a bad person i didn't realize that until we recorded like when we were talking about it that was when i realized it was like it was like the tentacruel episode it's the third episode we've had that's like that where it's just don't do bad environment stuff what were the other ones the last episode with the power station if you clean up all of your environmental problems in gringy city gringy city i forgot about that so it's quite clearly just save the world from environmental destruction do it kids be green just another one of those plots and it's very predictable because of that i worked out halfway through it would be construction is bad so don't do it because pokemon get disturbed be good to your environment yes do it 
the other thing was that I really liked the Nameless Builder's character arc. He's probably my favourite thing in this episode. Because we meet him and he's just so intent on getting this dam built for no reason. And he goes through this whole phase of pushing and pushing for it to be built against these Diglett. But then he realises the error of his ways and becomes good and doesn't destroy everything for a dam that has no purpose whatsoever. And that's the most character development any character has had in the show so far. So my favourite thing was Nameless Builder and yours was Diglett. We have opposing favourite things. On the opposite side of this epic battle between construction and Pokemon that gets resolved in 20 minutes. Overall, it was a dumb filler episode. Diglett was the only redeeming thing about it. I don't want to watch it again or talk about it again. See, I've got that it was a good episode, like not too busy plot-wise, but had funny moments and Team Rocket's Pokemon evolved. But talking about the episode, we've learned that it is basically a reskin of the Tentacruel episode. So like, uh, yeah, it goes from being a good episode to it is just reusing old ideas so it loses points there wasn't even any epic battle against the giant monster so it was just even more boring it was a waste of my time it's a waste of everyone's time there just isn't much to say about it apart from it's the same as last episode it's a mix of the last episode and tentacle and tentacruel but it has a cute diglet the second episode we're watching is the eighth digivice ty and dizzy go home and hide their digimon from their parents also, it's revealed that Izzy knows he's adopted, but his parents don't know he knows. Meanwhile, Ty's family cat, Miko, runs off with the 8th Digivice that totally doesn't belong to Kari. Demi Devimon and Izzy race to catch the cat, while Raymon and Kabuterimon have an intense battle. Unfortunately, a crow swipes a Digivice and the trail goes cold. Digimon, digital monsters, Digimon are the champions. Digimon, digital monsters, Digimon. Mine was longer than that, but yours is quite concise. The plot is extremely simple in this episode, but I will explain why that's not a bad thing later, necessarily. Mm, I have some problems with this episode, but we'll talk about them. I don't have that many, like, bullet points, but one of them's, like, a really big one. But we should do what we do first. So, it starts off with Joe doing a recap, and you can hear the salt in Joe's voice. <laughs> because in the last episode, he was mistreated by just being abandoned and everybody else buying food, whilst him and Izzy are left by themselves. The recap music just really isn't suited to what happened in the last episode. It's like this intense battle music when most of the episode was just spent travelling between places. It was just kids being kids. It just didn't work. And Demi Devimon and Myotismon have a Skype call. They do with the bat phone. The bat phone TM. Demi Devimon just updates Myotismon on the fact that his minions suck and blames it on Gatamon. You know whose fault it should be? Who's The head honcho, the guy in charge, the guy whose plan this all is. Jedi? Can't say that because spoilers. Jedi is actually a vampire Digimon. So that small conversation takes place and then we return back to the kids that are finally home after three episodes or however long it's been. They found the gateway four episodes ago now so it's taken them like four episodes to finally make it to their own houses except ty is talking to koromon and he's literally saying i wonder if kari is the eighth child so they literally say oh i wonder if kari is the eighth child and also under kari's bed there was a digital device beeping so we now know that Kari is the eighth child. If you didn't know before, if you didn't know from maybe, what is it, like six, seven episodes ago when the ending credits changed and it's got Kari in it, now you know that Kari is the eighth child. But they don't know that Kari is the eighth child. Because she doesn't have a Digivice. Why does that matter? I have problems with that as well. Why does it matter if she has a Digivice or not? Here's the thing, though. If the Digivice picks up the other Digivice from close quarters, surely when Ty got to the house, he would have seen it. Because he's literally... 
in the same building. It makes the beeping sound. Ties doesn't for some reason. It just doesn't get set off. I'm not sure if it matches up time-wise to when the cat knocked it off the balcony or not. If Ty was already coming upstairs as it dropped. Might have not been close enough. I think he was. I think he was in the same building. But even so, it shouldn't matter. Yeah, it shouldn't. Also, how did she end up with one beneath her bed in the first place? When it was on the coffee table at the end of Home Away From Home. Well, how did it end up there? It may have been in the animals because every single animal in this episode seems to really want this Digivice. Okay, so I have... No, wait, I'm still questioning how she ended up with a Digivice in the first place. Everyone else, there's came shooting out of the sky. It just appears because of plot. Right, so I have some problems. I was going to save them to the end, but here are my problems with this episode. The amount of animals and things that have to happen in a specific order for this device to do what it needs to do is insane. So the cat takes it and drops it off the balcony, then takes it, then runs to another place where another cat steals it, and then gets taken by the original cat, and then in the back of a lorry and then gets driven across a bridge and then the cat escapes from the lorry and then there's a cat or a dog or something that stops it then a crow picks it up and flies it back to where it started pretty much flies it back to its nest yeah it's so contrived there's this like rube goldberg yeah rube goldberg machine yeah it feels like that but with animals it's a series of unfortunate events it is, but it makes no sense about why it happens. Like, why does this happen? It happens because plot convenience. There's no reason why it couldn't happen, so it might as well. Okay, but here's my other problem. You know how the crests glow? Why are they glowing for the Digivice and not the child? When have the crests ever glowed before? When they've been with the kids. The crests usually glow when they're about to digivolve the Digimon. Yeah. So this makes no sense. The crests have mm-hmm. never been tracking devices for each other. Apart from that, what Myotis 1 assumes then is that the 8th child has a Digivice. If they don't find this Digivice... They will never find the eighth child. You're assuming he has any idea how these crests actually work for finding the eighth child. It makes no sense. Like, why would it glow when it's near a Digivice? Because that's not the child. And like we've seen already, they're following it and it's glowing. When it's just by itself, what if, 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 they, if they get the Digivice, it's not the end of the world, is it? The kid is still out there. Well, they don't know that they're just chasing the digivice they think that the child has the digivice on them you can't assume that the child has the digivice because look at her kari has no idea what's going on she knows about digimon she's met a Koromon before she was in literally the same situation that ty was in and ty has a digimon he is digidestined but no no clearly it can't be kari what i'm trying to say is that it doesn't make any sense why the crest would glow for the digivice they've never reacted for digivices that's dumb also that means that the child has to have the digivice but they don't what if they don't have the digivice the plan falls apart then they can't find the eighth child and surely ty is literally having a conversation with kari who was literally next to him when he went through the situation that he had to get a Digimon. But somehow he's like, oh, maybe it isn't you. Do you have a Digivice? No. That doesn't mean that she has to have one. What happens if she doesn't get it until she gets a Digimon? She clearly hasn't got a Digimon. But it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Like, everyone assumes that there's going to be this other child somewhere. Digimon and Digivice in hand, ready to save the day. But, like, we haven't even got to the fact that this is, like, an Izzy episode yet. It's done. Kari's the eighth child. They should work it out quite easily. Yeah, like, don't lead us on with a mystery of, oh, who is this person? It's a bit like we're watching a murder mystery and we see someone kill somebody else and we know who the killer is. And then the first thing they do is go to the killer and go, oh, are you the killer? And he's like, no, I didn't do, th- I didn't do the killing. 
And I'm like, oh, it can't be you then. It'll be someone else. It's like them going straight up to the killer and saying, do you have a murder weapon? And they just go, no, I don't. Okay, well, you can't be the killer then, can you? Basically. And it's a bad thing. It's really bad. I, I wish they'd written out the whole, oh, Kari, do you have a device and stuff? You saw the stuff that was going on. She literally fits the bill to a T about what they're looking for. But because she doesn't have the thing, because they assume that to be the person, you have to have the thing. It's like, ugh. Also, something else that doesn't make sense about Kari is that she remembers vividly the fight that happens. And no one else does, even though she was several years younger than all of them, apart from TK. Yeah, but TK doesn't remember either because, I don't know parents carrie remembers vividly because she's weird no one else does it's just another convenient thing that makes this even more annoying okay so rant over that's all the stuff with carrie covered basically on the flip side i actually quite like this episode for the other parts which are just everything about izzy in this episode is great because he comes home and he's really nice to his parents and he's wonderful and he's just like he says thanks uh, for looking after him and everything and it's nice to see izzy at home with his family and stuff i also i've got a note here that i actually really like the layout of their houses like that apartment style is really great it's it's sort of just it's open plan which makes me think about houses we have in England where we have hallways, which have always been weird to me. They're just long, thin rooms designed specifically for walking. I always found the concept of hallways weird. A sizable chunk of your house just to have a small, thin room that you walk in. Well, it gives people privacy. To walk? No, to be separate from the people on the different rooms. Yeah, but if you had different rooms in your house, then... Why are we talking about interior design? (laughs) Because I'm saying that I like the layout of their houses. It's really nice. Yes, I didn't consider that at all. I liked it. Well, that's good. I also thought that Izzy putting the lock on his door was really sensible. Well, that's what Izzy is. He's got those shoes with those gloves, so, you know, his fashion sense is off. There's a difference between sensible and fashionable. He's got yellow gloves on. Why has he got yellow gloves? Why not? He's an anime character, though. They always have to have something. We just don't care about the plot in this episode. The plot's very basic. It's just chase after the Digivice. The whole plot is basically this Digivice is being taken around the town by a menagerie of animals in some weird convoluted ways, and then people are chasing it. But then what we do get from this episode that is really good is Ty and Izzy going home and meeting the parents again. Just the little family moments. Like, Izzy putting that lock on is really sensible because obviously he doesn't want his family walking in and seeing a giant bug. But then we also, like, one of my favourite little moments is when it cuts out to, like, a shot of Tentamon and Izzy talking by the door. And the lock is about a foot off the floor. It's, like, underneath the handle because Izzy's that short and small. It's great. And then he goes and tells jokes to his family because they can hear him talking. And he's like, no, I'm just doing a bit. It's fine. It's just a little bit that I'm doing. And then uh, he goes and tells jokes. And he's like, I'm sorry, they're really bad. And then his parents are just like, no, they're the best. They're really funny. It's really good considering it's your first time doing this in front of people. I'm like, this is such a nice little family. It's lovely. Family with secrets. They just seem like quite polite and and formal and, and really relaxed with each other. And then it cuts to the Kamiya household where Ty is just guzzling food and then kari and the dad and i I don't think you've ever seen the dad before no not in the series i've never thought that you'd see the dad you only see him in the prequel in the sub but yeah he's cut out of that because he's drunk but apart from that i I was pretty sure that we don't see the dad but i guess you do and he enjoys watching tv with kari which is quite nice and laughing hysterically at everything yeah it's not so much the kamiya household that really grabs me though it's all izzy's parents that really make the episode they are wonderful people. Like, they know that they're not telling him that he's adopted and they don't know how to bring that up in conversation because that's got to be a, a big thing to talk about, you know, especially if you don't know that you're adopted. So they've just 
put it off and put it off and then like he's found out and then instead of making it a big deal he just lives with it and he's come to terms with it and i was like that's so mature of him to deal with things like that but he's doing it alone and his parents can't work it out and they're really worried about him well he has come back from camp and he's put a lock on the door and he just wants to spend time in his room his, his mom is just the nicest person i know she's lovely I, I didn't care that much about kari and ty's family because it was just sort of ty came home explained koromon and then burst into tears for no reason mid-conversation and then after that it was just normal family hangout time but with izzy's family there's a whole lot of discussion about whether izzy's all right and if if they're being the best parents they can be and what they need to do that's best for izzy and it's really moving <laughs> I was tearing up at the end of the episode. I really like Izzy's parents. I do feel like the bad points in this episode are like just a really convoluted animal thing happening. But the, the the good bits, which is just like Izzy's family and stuff and the whole time with Izzy doing things by himself, really, really makes the episode shine. I really do enjoy it. The plot is sucky. The character development surrounding Izzy and his family is amazing. I kind of wish we'd had more of that instead of Digivice going on its little adventure. What's your favourite thing in the episode? I was going to say Izzy, but then as I was watching it and I was writing it out, I noticed that because... We, we haven't even got to the bigger points of things like Izzy finds the, the signal and they go and, and chase it down and they meet Raremon, which is like the Digimon version of Muck, and that Izzy and Tentamon fight it and that happens and Raremon attacks a place called Club Poseidon and stuff. But like after, in the on the news, when they're talking about there was something in the water and stuff, I'm pretty sure they're wheeling a body into an ambulance. Well, that's not that surprising considering Raremon capsized a boat. There's like a gurney with... A white sheet that's got like completely wrapped over it over whatever's on there and then there's like the braces to hold it in place and i'm like i think there's a body there i'm pretty sure someone died not that surprising rampant capsized a boat and also destroyed a club but yeah sorry my favorite thing is izzy because he's changed so much in this show if you look at him at the start when he's like all the stuff's happening outside before they go to the digital world and he's on his computer now he's going out on his own to do this adventure well with tentamon he's going to do things that he wouldn't have normally done before so it's it's nice to see him have this character development and this growth which is great this is great yeah izzy was great in the episode he's always going to be great but my favorite thing has to be izzy's parents because they are just izzy's parents that is all that there is to them they are parents and they're really just nice and they care about the son even though he's adopted and not the biological child and it's they have so much character behind them even though they're not supposed to be the main characters they are developed quite nicely they do have backstory and opinions and ideas about things yeah, it's so different to anyone else. Well, if you look at Ty's family, they don't say much and they do a little bit of laughing, which is which is good. They don't express things as clearly as I felt Izzy's parents did. You don't really get to know Ty's family's opinions on things. Because Ty's just basically acting normal after his outburst. He only talks with Kari about anything that's actually going on. But Izzy's parents sit down and they discuss what problems Izzy might be having and what they need to do. What is the best approach for them as parents to really help Izzy get through whatever problems he's having because they're completely unaware of anything Digimon related. They're just going in blind and trying to do whatever's best and I just really liked them. Yeah. They are the redeeming thing in this episode because the plot's just meh. Izzy's family's like the one really redeeming quality. Apart from maybe the battle as well because I felt the battle was good between Raymon and Computerimon. Overall thoughts? Uh, it was okay. Yeah, the Izzy bits were good, but the plot with the Digivice being taken everywhere was convoluted and weird. All of the side plots that were going on outside of Izzy's family. Just, eh, who cares? Who cares when Izzy's mom has got it going on? Let's reference Podigis and their jokes. But Tentamon does basically just 
come out and compliment Izzy's mother. I think Tentaman fancies Izzy's mom. Yeah, it's it's obvious. It's a thing. Do you ship them? No, I don't ship people. Okay, I ship people, but what would you call it? Tizzy's mom or Izzy's mentor mom? No, it doesn't work. <laughs> you can't put two words together. Tento mom. Tento mom. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Tento mom. One true pairing. <laughs> so yeah, this episode is okay. It was saved by Izzy's family. Yeah. But now we must compare these two bits of nothing. Now it's time for Mono A Mono, where we stop being so negative about everything, okay? Yeah, deal. We're both being too soppy. So, let's start with our Monsters of the Week. Mine's Tentamon. His conversations with Izzy were good, and his battle with Raimon was good. It was quite a good back-and-forth battle, instead of just attack, attack, win. I found the bit where Kobutaramon was being drowned by Raimon particularly intense. It was a really good battle, by Digimon standards. But what was your monster of the week? Mine was Diglett because they're ground types, which are my thing. They're also cute and basically just tubes. They're like earth hot dogs who move at the speed of light. And also, they're not even villains in this episode. They're, they're not even causing a problem. The problem is the construction work. They are the good guys. They're literally building more of a forest. They are the eco-warriors. They're just building their own little little forest and, and building it up, and I think that's really cute. They don't purposefully go and attack anybody. They're just doing their own thing. Like, they just turn up to see to the construction site because they're curious to see what's going on, and this guy just wants to murder them. Which episode do you think had the best storyline? I did have Pokemon because of, like, Diglett and the whole message of don't destroy nature, but we've heard, we've had it before, so uh, I've got to say Digimon. It is the same thing again. That doesn't make it worse than Digimon's necessarily. Like, it can still be better even if it is... A repeat the same thing uh i think they were both as okay as each other yeah neither of them had anything particularly good there were bits i like in both one but there wasn't any either one that stood out more than the other i didn't care about anything that happened in either of the episodes digimon's was just let's keep the eighth child plot going a bit longer and pokemon's was just let's fill a bit of time yeah i agree with you that the overall the episodes were a bit bland but then there were the points we like in both episodes what did we like in pokemon diglett <laughs> i like the diglett they were cute Basically, we have to choose between Diglett and Izzy's family. Which is better? There's only one way to find out. Fight! I will not accept that Harry Hill reference. Were there any similarities between these episodes? Well, I've got my theme, which is things that are happening beyond anyone's control. Because we've got the Diglett doing their thing, and they just, they don't really care that the humans are doing stuff. And then in Digimon, we've got this conga line of animals stealing the Digivice. Do, do, do. Come on and steal the Digivice. Do, do, do. Stretch this whole plot out. The only similarity I could come up with was that not much really happens in either of them. I just didn't really care about either of the episodes. They're okay. I mean, if you're watching a couple episodes in a row, it they'd be okay. They'd fit in with a group of episodes. But if you wake up on a Saturday morning and these are the two episodes you watch, it'd be like, eh. I've come out of watching them and nothing's really changed. No, no. Apart from Arbok and Weezing. Yeah, but I doubt that'll make much difference to anything. Yeah. They are just bigger versions. Team Rocket aren't going to start winning battles with them. Nah. This is just a nothing. Like, nothing has happened. <laughs> okay, well, which episode did you withdraw the most? Digimon. Just because Izzy's family and the character development around that, that was the closest thing to any sort of progress we had in either of these. I'm happy to go with, with your choice then, because I was just on the fence. Both episodes had bits that I liked, but overall were just kind of bland. And I can't really make a choice over which of the two points that I preferred the most, because they were literally just two tiny pieces of information from both episodes. It wasn't enough to come to a conclusion. So I'll take yours and go with Digimon. So that makes it 16-15 to Pokemon. 
Join us again next time where we'll be watching episode 32. Gatamon comes calling and the Ninja Pokey Showdown. <laughs> the what? The Ninja Pokey Showdown. This is like Digimon level to stick the word poker things in there. The Ninja Pokey Showdown. I can't think of any Ninja Pokemon, so I've no idea what that's going to be about. I think I know what's in this episode and then they're not ninjas. Maybe the Samurai guy comes back. <gasps> Maybe. I don't think so. You can listen to more of us on SoundCloud, iTunes or Stitcher. Well, we like getting reviews and comments. And you can message us via our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, with the Will thread and email, which are all linked in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for enjoying this mess of an episode. <laughs> it's not a mess, it's a good episode. I was just on a downer. We can only report on, on our experiences, and if we've had a negative experience with an episode, then we've had a negative experience. Watching Try before recording this was a bad idea. It's compromised everything. Try was so good. Okay, I'm going to stop the recording now. No, so we could just add a little segment into like the outro where we can just have a quick little brief discussion of Try, where we're not going to say any spoilers or anything. Okay, fine. Try gives me sad feels. Ash is the eighth digestion child. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm actually pressing stop now. We live in a digital world. Little monsters everywhere. Join our team, let's fuse together. It's Digimon Fusion now. We've got the power for all to see. We're strong, we have that one. We're gonna change the world. The Pokedex just exaggerates everything. Oh, no, 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 that was Gary who said that. Where do you think he got his info from? His uncle. Well, who do you think makes the Pokedex? I mean, his his grandpa. I mean, I don't know what his uncle does. His uncle might be uh, (laughs) a a researcher or something. His uncle Bob. His uncle Frank. Frank Oak. Oh, his uncle Bob. Frank Oakshin. Bob's your uncle. Yeah, I got the joke. I didn't want to. Why did you want to call him Frank? I don't know, because... Frankly, that's an awful joke. I've got heartburn. Oh, you should get his uncle Frank to look at that. God, shut up. <laughs> I think I've ever told you to shut up before. I, do apologize. <laughs> I didn't know what else to say. Just, I just needed you to not be, not be making the joke. You can't handle my sense of humour anymore. It's, I think it's a bit too frank for me. A bit too blunt. <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> ah, to put it bluntly, I don't care. <laughs> <sighs> Improvised comedy. Ash's Pokemon have never evolved. So they have. Oh, Butterfree. Butterfree doesn't exist anymore. Um, okay, <laughs> fine. I forgot that Butterfree existed, and that makes me sad. Oh, guess what time it is? Half four. No, wait. Oh, an ambulance is going to go past me. It went the different direction today. going to say it's time for someone in Kidderminster to die. Yay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it happens, like, every time I record that there's an ambulance or something goes past. Very unfortunate, considering how small this town is. Mm. Ty is talking to Agumon, and he's literally saying, I wonder if Kari is the eighth child. <laughs> Who's I said? Who did I say, Agumon? Yeah. Oh, well, technically not wrong there. It's the same, it is the same person. Different name. <sighs> what is a name? What is a name? It, it doesn't matter. It is something that you use to identify. It's the nickname I give to Koromon. Okay. <laughs> okay, it's not that big a deal. I just... 
Izzy is a saint and he saved everybody and he had to work so hard and try. No, stop going back to try now. I'm getting honestly annoyed. Can we finish this, please? Like like I said, or like you said. Um, I've said that a lot this episode of like I've said or like you've said. You should stop saying that. Yeah, like, like you said, you should stop saying like you've said. Or like, 